You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. It is Thursday, November 2nd, and we're talking Rockies baseball today with our good friend Thomas Harding, our Rockies reporter for MLB.com. And Thomas, what we're doing today, looking ahead to 2018 as the 2017 season is now officially in the books with a uh, new world champion. We'll get to that in just a moment, but uh, for the Rockies again, we're going to look at uh, their chances uh, for 2018 coming off a playoff appearance here in 2017. But, Thomas, first, we'd be remiss to not address uh, Game 7 of the Fall Classic last night. And uh, the Astros are the champions of baseball as uh, their first world championship in franchise history as they take down the Dodgers 5-1 in L.A. Uh, Kind of an anticlimactic Game 7 following the craziness of the first six games by and large. But kind of give us your thoughts overall on uh, on the game and about uh, a world where the Astros are now second to none in uh, big league baseball. I'll tell you what, there are a few franchises out there that are looking at this with big smiles on their faces. I mean, one of them being right here in Denver, the Colorado Rockies, the fact that they've never won it and they just finished their 25th season and people think that's a long time. (laughs) Well, the Astros, it took them 56 years to win it. So, um, a beautifully constructed team and a team that's built kind of like a lot of teams out there in that instead of just spending huge amounts of money and never taking a step back, they took major step back, steps back and built this thing the right way through their farm system, through the draft, and then with smart trade. So it, it, it goes to show that you don't have to be a huge spender always in the free agent limelight to build a champion. And I think that there are a number of franchises that can sit back and look at that and say, hey, if them, why not us? Exactly. And the Rockies are certainly, as you alluded to, one of those franchises that maybe a year from now in 2018, they're the ones in the Astros position uh, taking on the hardware and preparing for a parade. Uh, So with that in mind, Thomas, let's kind of break down this Rockies team and uh, their chances here in 2018. What would you say right now, looking at this roster top to bottom, is their biggest area of need, and then uh, supplementing that, how do you think they're going to address that need, whether perhaps through a trade, maybe a big free agent signing, a guy in the minors who might be ready to step up to the major leagues? Uh, What do you say for that? Well, first of all, I'm going to look at the two big things that they were able to do last year to get to where they got. Number one, they went out and they signed Greg Holland uh, in February. I think it was February 1st. And it gave them that closer because if you look at a young team that thinks it's pretty good and thinks it can take the next step, what you can't do is blow leads late. So when they got Holland and they had a pretty good bullpen to begin with, I think that was a big step for them. Also, um, they went out during the year and got Pat Neshek late in the year. Those two guys are free agents. And um, also Jake McGee, who had closed for them a couple of years ago and was a very good setup man last year. All three of those guys are free agents going into the offseason. I think they need to address that. Realistically, I can see them trying to put most of the eggs in the Holland basket because if you, if you get a closer, you may be able to do other things economically. Uh, maybe Nishek could be brought back. Uh, McGee, a, a left-hander who throws really hard and could close for some teams, he may be a tough sign for them. But So if they're able to get 
one or two of those three back, and if that one is Holland, I think they're in pretty good shape because then they could, whether it's a shrewd trade or just simply spending money the right way, maybe not spending the most money, they can help the setup situation. The other one, they went out and got Jonathan Lucroy late in the season. It's still going to be a young pitching staff, and as much as when you look at most teams that win, they go out and they get that veteran pitcher somehow. The Rockies, um, they have nobody over 30. I think it'll be nobody over 29 next season. And I'm not really sure they're going to make that plunge for a veteran pitcher. If you look at what happens at Coors Field, it's a place where if you bring up your pitchers to pitch in that environment, it's looked like it's worked better. So I don't know that they're going to make a big splash, but they could make the splash at the catching position. And retaining Lucroy could be big in that yeah and like you said to have such a young pitching staff and to have that veteran presence behind the plate to kind of guide them along that's invaluable so Luke Roy was definitely a, a big big fit for them a perfect fit really uh in the second half of the season uh Thomas flipping the script a little bit uh when you look at this team what is the thing that Rockies fans should feel the best about what is their biggest area of strength right now I tell you it's interesting here because while they do score a lot of runs I'm going to say that their defense is their biggest area of strength. When you look at what Nolan Arenado has been able to do at third base, um, he and the second baseman, D.J. LeMayhew, should win gold gloves. If they don't win gold gloves, I'm not sure exactly who's watching the game here. <laughs> and also, Trevor Story is close to that. So that infield defense is excellent. And they're, 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 they're pretty good in the outfield. Uh, Gerardo Parr, if he stays healthy, is a really good defender out there. Um, Charlie Blackman is solid in center field. He's not a great defender. The numbers will never show exactly his effectiveness because Coors Field, we found, is a difficult place to rate outfielders. Remember Dexter Fowler, what, a, what an excellent defensive center fielder he was in Chicago. He played at Coors Field at a younger age with fewer with fewer miles on the body, and he was not considered a, an excellent defensive uh, center fielder. I think a lot of that has to do with the environment. But I think defensively this team is pretty good. Of course, you do go to the offense. Nolan Arenado, he's a 40-home run threat every year. Charlie Blackman has become that. So the top of their order, and really if you go throughout, some guys didn't have the best years. But imagine getting that entire lineup going at the same time. Absolutely, and uh, you brought up uh, the, the two guys most primarily responsible uh, for the Rockies offense, uh, Charlie Blackman and Nolan Arenado, and though it's probably not going to happen this year because of the season Giancarlo Stanton had, there is absolutely an MVP in, uh, or two <laughs> in Nolan Arenado's future. Uh, we'll see if maybe 2018 is that year that he uh, breaks through and uh, takes home that hardware. Uh, Thomas, on more of an individual basis, there's always you know a guy that – maybe uh, overperforms a little bit and is due for a little bit of regression in 2018. On the flip side, a guy that does not perform quite up to standards but could bounce back the following year. So give me two guys that fall into those categories on this team. Okay, yeah, it, it, it is really interesting because this year, I actually thought this year we saw the regressions happen um, to a couple of players, Trevor Story after his excellent rookie year, and also Tony Walters, a catcher, being asked to do it full-time. I thought both of those guys regressed a bit, as did um, uh, and, and, uh, as did um, 
the first baseman outfielder that they signed, Ian Desmond, but his was because of injury. I think that someone who performed well, who could be in for a little bit of a regression, may be the pitch hitter, Pat Vileka. He still doesn't have a lot of major league experience. He ended up um, driving in a lot of runs, hitting home runs, providing some power off the bench. I could see a, a step back there, especially if he isn't able to garner some playing time to keep that going. Um, as far as guys who could take a step forward, I think that they're all over the place. Um, you look at that pitching staff, and actually there, I could see steps forward and regression from guys. I, I do think that John Gray has kind of gotten past the early career-type things that he went through. You know, you, you would see some good outings, bad outings. I really believe he's ready to take off there. But uh, th those young guys that pitched the entire season, um, Herman Marquez, Kyle Freeland, Antonio Senzatella, Jeff Hoffman. Um, Hoffman really regressed at the end. I think that um, Freeland and Senzatella wore out. They may be able to take steps forward, but when pitchers are that young, they could really go through some struggles. Herman Marquez had a good year wire-to-wire -wire for them, but you can see where at times his pitching wasn't as sharp. So does he take a step back or a step forward? We're not sure there because of um, the youth of this group. So wh while, I, while I look at the lineup and I see guys that maybe are, are actually prepared to overcome their regressions, I'm looking at the pitching staff, and I'm really not sure what to get because uh, they're going to go out there again with a young staff. Yeah, like you said, you know, when guys are that young and still somewhat unproven, it's often a roller coaster ride, and uh, these guys are going to go through those peaks and valleys again in 2018. It's hard to know what to expect. More good than bad this past year for sure. Uh, we'll see how that develops in 2018. Uh, Thomas, as we come down the home stretch here, uh, give me a guy that is a question mark right now due to some uh, injury or uh, health concerns. Well, David Dahl, their hot prospect, the former number one pick, I believe he was 10th overall a few years ago, he missed the entire major league season because of a rib issue. It's where the rib curls around the back, and it never did heal. And he didn't play once in the major leagues. Well, when he came up in 2016, he batted, I believe it was 315, and showed some power. I mean, you're talking, you were looking at a guy that was ready to force his way into the lineup, but he didn't play at all. The other guy I'll have to look at, I know you wanted one, but I'm giving you two, is Ian Desmond. I mean, he signed that five-year, $70 million contract, but he breaks a hand in spring training, then misses the first month of the season, and then twice goes on the DL with calf strains. I just believe that what we, what we saw from Ian Desmond in the past with the Washington Nationals and the Texas Rangers is more the Ian Desmond that they expected when they signed him. Yeah, no question. And, uh, Thomas, to wrap things up here, I think that for any big league team, they kind of fall into one of five categories. You've got your teams that are clearly rebuilding, teams that are just simply non-contenders. Then as you move up the ladder, teams that are contending for a wild card, teams contending for a division crown, and then teams contending to win it all as a world championship as the Astros are on the second day of November. When you look at those five categories, uh, in what one do the Rockies uh, best fit? Interestingly, um, I think that if, you, that if you look at the National League West, the fact that the Dodgers can out, outspend everyone in baseball as they did this year, and also the Giants are a big market club that you expect to do well. I mean, who knows if they can get Giancarlo Stanton. So you want to put the Rockies in that wild card playoff contender category where if things turn out right, they could be there at the end. But with, with the young 
team that they have, I think that their aspiration is a little bit higher. Colorado has never won a division championship in their history. I mean, it's, it's an interesting thing. As, as, as good an offense as they have at Coors Field, they've never won a division championship. I think that they're going to have to go into this believing that they're a contender for the division championship. However, if they don't win the division championship, all is not lost, uh, as you've seen in the past with some wild card teams that have done well. Yeah, absolutely, and the Rockies were one of those, certainly in 2017. We'll see if they uh, maintain that status or perhaps, as you said, uh, contend seriously for that first ever NL West Division crown. Uh, time will tell. Thomas Harding, great stuff as always. We appreciate it. We'll do it again next week. In the meantime, Matt Waymire signing off for MLB.com Extras, Colorado Rockies. <laughs>